This is Jewish Board Talk with Sheree Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. The South African College of Applied Psychology's webpage article states that an estimated 10% of all South Africans have been affected by post-traumatic stress disorder at a level that can be recognized and treated by a psychologist. But how many people actually recognize that their stress levels need a form of intervention? And if so... How easily accessible is this? To discuss this important topic with me, I'm joined by Claudia Abelheim, who is the educational psychology, a psychologist at the Family Life Center, or FAMSA. Claudia, welcome, and thank you so much for joining me. Thanks. I'm really looking forward to our chat, so I'm <laughs> getting insights into <laughs> kind of our problems as a society. Yeah. Claudia, what is trauma? Well, um, it's quite a big question, but, you know, trauma... It's really any event or experience that shakes a person's world, to put it very simply. Um, and I think, I think there's often a misunderstanding that trauma has to be, you know, something like, like a, a cri- like a crime, particularly in South Africa. It has to be something that's a violent criminal act or a natural disaster or, you know, an, a car accident. Like those are the major trauma things that we think of. And people often don't realize that things like a bad breakup or a job loss or moving home, um, those kind of not everyday events, but quite common life occurrences that kind of happen to everybody at some point or another, those also are traumas. Is there a hierarchy of traumas? Sure. I hate doing hierarchies because I think, you know, I read actually a a saying the other day that said, you know, if a a person, I can't remember the saying, but it it was about not, not putting things Mm. in a hierarchy because everyone deals with things very differently. And I don't think it's really fair to say that one person's trauma is worse than another. Um, because for that person, it, it feels just as big. I don't believe there is a hierarchy of suffering. Yeah. That I do not believe. Yeah. But I do think that there is, you know, I know we've well, discussed this a like scale. a holocaust of, Absolutely. you know, what someone goes so through a holocaust. A, there is a scale. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head no, what it's okay. called, but there is, it's based, and it's based on research. Um, most people know, know like the top four. So they're like, there's a, there's a list of things and, and they numbered according to how much they affect a person's life. So, for example, death of a spouse is one of the the real high ones. Um, divorce is a real high one. Death of a parent is very high. Moving house actually is quite high. And so there, there definitely are ones that are. I'll tell you why. I mean, everybody experiences trauma differently. differently yes. Okay. And everybody experiences different traumas at different times of yes. their life. Yes. Right. How do you know when you need counseling? So you need counseling really when the the effects of the trauma are interfering with your life okay. and when those effects are inappropriate. So it's irrespective of the trauma. Basically, my question is irrelevant because it doesn't matter what the trauma was. If, if, if it's you affecting are, you. If it's affecting you. Yeah. So there are certain traumas where, you know, it's highly, highly recommended that you go for trauma containment kind of not immediately that you don't do trauma you know as the trauma happens you're actually supposed to wait a few days before you start the containment process so there's certain 
you know, traumatic events where it, where they need containment immediately and might not necessarily need further counseling. But there's some where, you know, if those, yeah, re- the results of the trauma or the symptoms of the trauma, if they, if they stay t- longer than is expected, it actually becomes post-traumatic stress disorder. And that's when, you know, real therapy and treatment is needed. Okay. So if you need, how do you know you need treatment? What are the, what, what does not coping mean? And for how long after a trauma okay, should so you not say, cope? So they say that about six to eight weeks after the trauma, if the, if the signs are still there, what, what signs are we looking so at? So things like not being able um, to get out of bed. Yeah. Tearing. Excessive crying, um, uncontrollable anger, outbursts, sleep, sleep, changes in sleep, either sleeping too much or sleeping too little. Um, a lot of, a lot of the symptoms are the same as depression, actually. So, you know, any, change in appetite that's prolonged, change in work, um, just functionality. If it's, you know, the thing that's important to remember is that those things are expected for about six weeks after the trauma. In fact, it's, so you it's have appropriate to give yourself, you have to, to have give those. yourself, you've you got, to, got give to get yourself your mind time. and Absolutely. emotions and what time to do saying is it. that you probably will need counseling in those six weeks. As a form of containment to help you kind of, to help you live your life during those six weeks, because we can't all, you know, take six weeks off life, unfortunately. Um, so you'll need some kind of support during those six weeks. The question around whether you need ongoing counseling is what happens after that kind of six to eight weeks-ish, uh, whether you need, you know, further counseling. What also often happens is that a trauma will trigger buried stuff. That's unre- totally unrelated to the trauma, but very often it does. It evokes unresolved things and a person lands up staying in therapy because that all comes out mm. from their trauma counseling. So we have to take our break here, but after the break, maybe we can focus a little bit on secondary traumas yes. and um, maybe um, ethnic or not ethnic, but um, different societies' mm. views towards counselling. And then hopefully it's time to look at what the counselling <laughs> will actually help you with. This is Jewish Board Talk with Cherise Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. And I'm talking to Cla- uh, Claudia Abelheim, who is the educational psychologist at FAMSA, and we're talking about trauma. Um, Claudia... Once you've identified that you need trauma, are there certain kinds of groups that resist counseling because it's seen as taboo? Absolutely. I mean, that comes with anything. It's not just to do with trauma. Um, there are cultures that resist it. There are, uh, I think, certain religions resist it, and a certain type of person will resist it. It's seen, for, for some people, it's seen as weak. A weakness. Um, it's taboo, you know, anything to do with the mind or mental illness. There's, there's still such a big stigma around it. Even emotions, just dealing with your yeah. emotions can be. It's, it's, there's, I mean, it's crazy that there's still the stigma around it, but it is. It's very real and it exists. What often happens, which is very interesting, is that trauma counseling is almost more acceptable than, you know, just going to yes. a shrink, yeah, let's right. say, because, 
you know, because a trauma is like a real tangible concrete thing. It's almost expected. It's expected. And as I said before the break, then what happens is that stuff comes out in that trauma counseling. So a person will be more open to going for trauma counseling than they might have been otherwise. And then they'll go and while they're in that process, like I said, these, you know, past unresolved stuff will come out and then they find themselves staying in therapy. Sometimes, you know, I'm not, obviously I'm not saying that the trauma is a good thing, but sometimes <laughs> the therapy, it does, um, it, it allows for that person to, to look at stuff that they might not have looked at before, which is always a positive thing. So it definitely opens up gateways to, to further exploration. What would a psychiatrist, well, firstly, if you do need trauma a counseling, mm-hmm. are counselors easy to find? Are they easily available? Yeah, they are. Look, unfortunately, and again, this is um, just living where we live, most of the counselors, and well, not most, but there's a high number of trauma counselors and psychologists in South Africa because it's such a needed, it's such a needed space. So... There are, you know, and it's quite a, it's a specialized field. Not everybody can do trauma counseling and many people choose not to do it. But a lot of people do because it really is a big need. So, for example, at Family Life Center, we have a very big team of trauma counselors. It's one of our big departments where people either come to us for individual counseling. And then we also do a lot of work with companies where we go and do, because there's, you can do quite a, a nice group trauma work where you, you know, you do group therapy for trauma, which we often call to do with companies that have robberies, you know, um, I imagine that that schools where schools, there's trauma. There have been a lot, particularly mm. I've spoken before about our community work. So particularly in the communities, there's been a lot of that recently, mm. like stabbings at school. Mm. I mean, there was one last week or the week before. Mm. So, that group work is also really nice. So Family Life Center does a lot of that work. And then, you know, just other individual private psychologists. psychologists. You know, it's just a matter of searching for it. What would a psychologist do that a f- chatting to a friend wouldn't? There are, there are ve- like, there are very specific strategies that you do with trauma counseling. I'm not, chatting to a friend is important. It is important. But there are, you know, the thing with trauma is that if it affects us on a physical level, that actually our brain changes with trauma. There are real physical things that happen that if the trauma isn't dealt with can become permanent health problems. So what we do with trauma is that we actually work on a very physical level. Um, People work differently with trauma. Some people, you know, everyone has their different ways of doing it. At Family Life Center, we're moving towards very much looking at the body and integrating that body-mind connection and and working with where the trauma is in the body and releasing it that way rather than the kind of, you know, the old way of, of retelling the story and exposure where research is actually showing us that that can actually be more harmful. Really? Yeah. So we're moving away from that and looking much more at the the body stuff, the body awareness, and releasing the trauma through the body. 
It's absolutely fascinating, Claudia, because you kind of think, well, I'll chat it over with my friend and I'll be mm. fine. I'll just talk it through mm. and, you know, have a nice hot yeah, cup of tea. Yeah. But it's not how it works. No, unfortunately not. As I said, that's also important. But you, you, need you often more, need and you need an real, external person. Yeah. Um, Claudia, again, Craig is indicating that my time <laughs> is up. Um, contact details if anybody would like to know more. Same thing, uh, familylife.co.za. They can get a hold of us on 011-788-4784. And if it's specifically about trauma, just mention that it's a trauma case and you'll be put through to the right person. Thank you so much coming in and sharing and um, my, my last comment on this is I do think that we as South Africans need to produce more social workers mm. more sociologists and more psychologists to help our nation which I think is overall pretty traumatized. Yeah, very much so I look forward to our next chat. Me too <laughs> Thank you very much, that was Cla- Claudia Abelheim who is from FANSA. Thank you to all of you, you for joining me. If there's anything on the show you'd like to comment on, you are welcome to email me on Sharice at sajbd.org Thank you to Evelyn and Craig for producing. Until next week, I wish you all Shabbat Shalom.